Welcome to my first time. I'm Mary Jo Smith. I'm Colleen Smith. No relation. <laughs> Ian Smith is not with us. Uh, he's uh, exhausted during quarantine and decided to uh, not be here with us. He took the night off. It's the first time we've uh, <laughs> done this without Ian Smith, who is not related no, to me. But related to me. He actually, we've done it one time without him as well. Michael Ostrom was our tech guy. Oh, that's right. Michael Ostrom was our tech guy. All right. Okay. Yeah. My neighbor, Michael Ostrom. How weird. Yeah. Um, okay. And tonight our guests are uh, three fabulous and funny people. Uh, Nicole Pound, Alex Stein, Alex Hello. Stein, and Derek Ringgold. Hello. Uh, Say something about uh, yourselves, guests. Yeah. Then Nicole, why don't you start? Oh, sure, sure. So, um, hi, I'm Nicole Payone. Uh, my full name is Nicole Marie Madonna Payone. Mm-hmm. It was the like a version years, and uh, <laughs> I decided to go for it. Happy to be here. Thanks for coming. Thanks for joining us. Returning champion, Nicole Payone. Of course. Derek, do you want to tell anyone a little bit about yourself? You're giggling already. I love um, How do I follow that? Um, Hi, I'm Derek Ringgold. I'm an actor and a personal trainer. You might have seen me at Sweat Garage when it was open <laughs> on Fairfax. Um, I'm excited to be back. I've only done one of these, so. Welcome back. Yeah. And Alex, uh, who I've been trying to get on this podcast forever, it took a quarantine to make it happen. Alex Stein. I, uh, I am happy to be here, too. Uh, it's it's my first time, ironically, or perhaps not. And uh, I am a writer and a storyteller. And I was married above the Arctic Circle at the northernmost saloon in the world by the bartender. Wow. Is that why you have... Uh, no, no, that's, the, that's a picture of Alaska, not the Arctic Circle. Interesting. But it was in Alaska, so I, okay. I'm, I have a thing with Alaska. Cool. Wow. Uh, did you, how did, was it a spontaneous wedding? Or did you, um, you, that was by design? It was by design. We, we had, we'd been together for a while and we decided that we were going to get married and we had planned this big trip to Alaska. And then we found out that uh, in Alaska, any adult resident of the state can perform weddings. So we knew we were going to this place on the hall road above the Arctic Circle on the way up to the oil fields. And we, uh, we managed to convince the person who owned the truck stop and saloon and motel there in a little town that has a year-round population of, I think, 11 um, <laughs> to perform our, our marriage. And we didn't tell anybody about it, but we had pre-printed these postcards that announced that we had gotten married and we listed the latitude and longitude of where we'd gotten married and announced that we would hold a party in LA, although we didn't say LA, we gave the latitude and longitude of LA and New York, which we didn't say we gave the latitude and longitude. Um, and that is literally how people found out that we got married. That's fantastic. <laughs> wow. And nerdy. <laughs> it so is nerdy. So nerdy. I love, I, love <laughs> I love me a nerd. Um, all right. So, hey, we're here to talk about neighbors. Yeah, that's the thing. Neighbors. Uh, we've all got them, or we have had them. Yeah. I don't think you can live on this earth without a neighbor. If you're in Alaska in the uh, Arctic Circle, can't you? 
Like, well, but isn't somebody your neighbor at some point? Or like, what's the distance that you, that, that then means, what am I trying to say? How much distance becomes that you have no neighbor? That makes sense. So, so here's the thing about Alaska, if I can just tell a, a tiny little Alaska fact. Okay. That Alaska has about 700,000 residents. And, if you t- and about half of them are in Anchorage. So if Alaska were the size of New York City, instead of the largest state in the country, then if New York City, let me put it this way, if New York City had the same population density as Alaska, there would be 10 people living in New York. Wow. Wow. All right, Alaska, you have no neighbors. I don't get it. (laughs) There aren't a lot of people there. It's a big place. What? Pound for pound, that's how it would work out, Nick. How what? The, The population would work out. If you had, if you sort of size-wise and people-wise, if you compare the size of New York City to the size of Alaska and people, that's how many people would be in New York. Ten people. Yeah. Yeah. City. New York City, not New York State. I still don't get it, guys. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> over. That's it. The takeaway is it's not a, a lot of people there. Yeah, not, not a lot not. of neighbors in Alaska, I guess. Got it. Very isolated. Got Very it. Very mm-hmm. isolated. Well, uh, have neighbors now, yeah. Everybody has a neighbor right now. Yo. Oh. Oh, All yeah. right, let's talk about it, Colleen. <laughs> um, okay, so I think this uh, subject is awesome, Mary Jo. I can't believe we haven't thought about it before, but I think it's perfect for quarantine. Yeah. Because it's like your neighbors have never been more real to your life than when you can't get away from them at all. And, you know, I, I think I've talked about neighbors before on this with – growing up and we were the kind of white trash of the neighborhood and drove our various neighbors insane because our house was kind of grotty and everybody else's houses were nice. And Derek and I have discussed being complete assholes to our neighbor, which Derek will discuss later. By the way, Derek is my roommate and we've been roommates for 20 years. Something like that, Dave? Yeah. Uh, But what's interesting is the apartment that we live in now that we've lived in for, I think, like 17 years or something like that. 2003. Yeah. So a very, very, yeah, 17 years, a long time. We we transitioned from being the loud people in our last place to becoming the kind of quiet, normal people in this place. And when- Old old age. Yeah. I mean, at the ripe old age of like (laughs) 20 three, we moved in and we had one big party. It was Derek's birthday. Um, we were loud. We had a neighbor who thankfully gave us a couple years to calm down and she ended up being our really good friend, but we were really loud and we had these upstairs neighbors who I think they're part of the reason we calmed down because they were so horrible. There were three of them, three dudes. And there was a cloudy voiced one, (laughs) the cokehead one and another one. And they were awful. They were the definition of everything that's awful. They did tons of coke. They were constantly having loud sex. And they loved every sport, every sport. We, we would be happy when one season ended and then another season would begin and listen to them scream and shout and stomp. Were they and, having sex with each other? No, because I, I, I heard the girl was constantly <laughs> listening to the girl. And it was long, like they couldn't have been having sex that long unless they were on drugs. Because none of these guys look like they were really good tantric sex guys. It was tantric. I think that they you never just, know. You never know. Don't judge a book by its cover. <laughs> <laughs> huh? 
And the last thing that was annoying about them was they had a band or at least <laughs> a drum set, a band or a drum oh, set. Oh, God. And they were awful. I mean, just <laughs> awful. And we had one of the last ragers we ever had was here. And at some point, someone knocked on the door and said, Can you please? I know you're having a party, whatever, but there are people out by the pool and I can hear, though, you know, they're everybody, we have a central pool and a bunch of patios around the pool. So I went outside to tell our friends, please come back inside. And it was those three dicks. They had invited, I went outside and I just assumed they were people we didn't know. And I said, hey guys, can you come inside? Because you're making a lot of noise and it's bothering, whatever. And they said, oh no, we know, we live here. So they had invited themselves to the party and then got us in trouble. (laughs) <laughs> it wasn't even like other than that we were fine no one was mad at us anyway we lived underneath of them for years i mean at least 10 years nicole you heard them i remember them yeah yeah they were awful and finally i slept they- with one of them <laughs> <laughs> just just kidding. oh my god nicole just spent many a night at the house ed was anyone who ever came over was always would always look up and not understand how we could live like that but it was we were younger and i always thought like this is what living in a city is um go ahead what no i just laughed (laughs) so we we just sort of switched over to that and then finally they quieted down and i don't remember who replaced them but it wasn't that bad and our next door neighbor wasn't that bad and it we got some sort of peace and then our next door neighbor moved out and it's been this cycling of crazy people next door the first uh, group had a bird oh yeah yeah they had a bird and it would just scream cry just you know throughout the entire day it just never stopped what does it sound like it would just be like ah! just this horrible scream just all day and i don't know why <laughs> people have birds i don't know why people have birds as pets i think it's cruel to have a bird as a pet i don't know why a, a bird screams don't, don't give me, don't send us emails, by the way. Just let her, just, <laughs> Maya Angelou. Oh, yeah, why, why the gays were saying? I thought you were like, Maya is like a big pet person. Oh. Uh, <laughs> she's a real bird person. Uh, but finally they moved out and I was so grateful until the family that <laughs> <laughs> gave birth in the apartment. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So uh, this was a natural birth? I guess so, Nicole. Yeah. I'm so happy you're happy for them, <laughs> but I'm not happy. There were, it was the husband and wife. They had two sons and they gave birth to a third son in the room. And it was a two bedroom place. So this is just a recipe for disaster of five people living in a two bedroom apartment. And I believe that she was a life coach. Couldn't tell. She was just. She was loud. a chef. And no, a life he, coach. He was a chef. So was she. Oh, was she? Yeah. You would hear her on speakerphone talking to people and they would be saying private, intimate things and she'd be coaching them, which I was like, do you guys <laughs> know that I can hear all of your private, intimate details as she tells you how you should get your life together? Also, this woman is a disaster. I don't know why you're taking anything. <laughs> and then the dad was just constantly cooking and he was making those deliverable personal meals for everybody, which led to a whole roach problem, which they said wasn't their fault, but was 100% their fault. 
because they'd make their small children drag garbage, like industrial <laughs> levels of garbage through the hallway and they'd leave a slime trail because the kids couldn't pick it up. And eventually they replaced, because we had carpet that had a disgusting slime trail in the hallways and they replaced it with tile that had a disgusting slime trail. And all of that stuff's annoying and children are annoying and listening to this woman scream at her children <laughs> to get up and get ready every day was annoying. But the worst part about them was they would get into these crazy fights. So they were Italian? Yeah. <laughs> she spoke another language. Like she was Russian or... She was Jamaican and I don't know what she is. Yeah, maybe Russian or Persian or something. Yeah, she, ha- she spoke another language too. They would scream at each other at like 3 a.m. at the baby. He would be screaming at the baby, swearing at the baby. And then she'd be yelling at him. And I got to tell you, nothing gives you a stomachache faster than listening to an adult man swear at an infant. And I didn't know what to do. There were times where I thought, well, do I call child services? I don't think he's hurting them. I think he's just yelling in a way that is also destructive and probably terrible for these children. But what do I do? And I had conversations with people about, well, how do you not escalate? Because what if he is abusive? Because he sounded really angry and it was really upsetting. But eventually the kid just got old enough that he stopped yelling. But we would listen to them at like 7 a.m., door open, cooking breakfast for people, screaming, make the money, make the money, make the money. And she'd scream at him. Make the money? Yeah, because he would yell at her, like, that's all you want me to do is make the money, make the fucking money. And just swearing and swearing. You sound very entrepreneurial. Yeah, there. <laughs> and then she, he'd leave, and she'd be counseling someone on how to live their life. <laughs> <laughs> and my favorite thing was uh, there were – Somebody in the house's name was Isis and someone in the house's name was Lucky. The dog's name was Lucky. And, no, sorry. The dog's name was Isis and the kid's name was Lucky. So they gave a dog a human name and a kid a dog name. Anyway. Well, Isis is a terrorist name. Well, I mean, but I think you can call somebody Isis without yeah. it being a terrorist thing. Isn't that like a Greek goddess or something? Yeah. yeah it's a Greek mm-hmm. goddess. Almighty oh, Isis. I don't know. My Isis mind goes Egyptian. straight to the terrorists first. <laughs> Greek or Egyptian god? Isn't Isis an Egyptian god? It could be Egyptian. Anyway, so they were just the absolute worst. And they finally <laughs> moved out because they were getting sick from black mold, which, thank God, just enough. So the entire quarantine, no one's been next to us. And I was just really like in my like sumptuousness of not having to really deal with a neighbor. And then last night, two oh, stories that happened. What are you saying? Your, your story just happened last night? No, no. Well, this is what happened last night. Yes. Is oh. two stories up from us, a group of people who I've never met in the building and Derek doesn't know either had a party. I don't know who's having a party in quarantine, but they had a party and it was loud. And by, I think at midnight, I, well, I know it's midnight because I was trying to go to sleep and I heard them being loud are because we're in an apartment building but we're next to an apartment building the next apartment building woman shouted it's fucking midnight on a wednesday shut up (laughs) (laughs) last night in the midst of this global pandemic this woman and this group of idiots warred with each other just for an hour and a half until finally i think the cops came and shut it down 
But it's just that, like, I love that you suggested it, Rachel, and then I was just lying there listening to this woman lose her mind. I mean, justifiably lose her mind. There was nothing she could do either. I wanted to find out which apartment it was in our building and then yell to her so she knew to call the cops on what specific apartment. Because <laughs> I was like, she doesn't know who to call. She can call on this apartment, but she doesn't know. Like, there's, an, there's speaking of neighbors, there's a mansion next to us that they love to have parties at, like big, giant, epic parties. Where's and it's kind of, um, if, you're in your, if you're in our living room, it's the wall that you can see through our windows. There's a big, oh. I guess, Fred, uh, who used to own it, Pete? Um, um, Bob Saget. Bob Saget used to own it or something. And they oh. filmed a lot of entourages there. Sure. Uh, but they've thrown parties there. And when we've called the police on them, I don't know the exact address. Uh, so I thought they probably know the address of our building, but they don't know what apartment it is. So who, where are the cops going to come? Anyway, finally, but <laughs> I'm, I'm going to wrap this up. Finally, they <laughs> shut up. But right before it finally ended, this woman yelled, I hope you all get Corona. <laughs> Did she really? Oh, my God. And blackout. And blackout, yeah. <laughs> and then another woman yelled, come over here and get it, bitch. And that was the end. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Wow. And that's the end of my neighbor's story. Everybody's and on edge. You I have a question. Did. Yeah, go. Sorry, Mary Jo, were you? No, no, please, Nicole, ask your question. Colleen, how did your earlier neighbor uh, let you know that she was only going to give you a couple of years to calm down? Like, did she tell you that? Like, listen, Ooh. I'm going to give you three years to calm down. Or <laughs> she just kind of came over right away. And was like, hey guys. And she was super nice. And she was in a Britney Spears video. So we ultimately loved her. Yes. Mm. Uh, so she just came over and she was so nice about it. And we liked her. Um, and so we, fi- we kind of figured out like, oh, be quiet. And, but there were also less of us. Like we had, we lived in a four bedroom apartment and we'd all been kind of working at restaurants and we were all just sort of raging and throwing these big giant parties. And yeah. when we moved here, we weren't as close to everybody, I think. And it just became less of a, and I think all of us ended up having sort of separate interests. So it was less of like all of us got it together, but she was amazing. I, I've talked about it when I slipped and fell and broke my arm, the walls are so thin in this apartment that she heard it oh, and wow. came running over. Cause she heard me and she came over to help. Amazing. It's, so, it's such a fascinating thing because I, I live in a house now, but it is the first house that I've lived in. I mean, and when I was younger as a kid, but as an adult, I always lived in apartments up until we moved into this house. And there is that sort of false sense of privacy that we all experience living in apartments. Like you, you can hear so much and you know, if you can hear so much, then they can hear so much. Yeah. And, and oh I'm yeah. That's what my story is about. By people who talk on their cell phones on speaker, on any speaker phone. It's like, we can hear every single word you're saying. I, I remember hearing a neighbor give their credit card number, <laughs> you know, the security code and the expiration date, like just four, <laughs> seven, <laughs> I could, anyway, I could have gone shopping. That was happening today in the courtyard. They took uh, ducks out to pee and uh, what's it called? I heard someone being like, you are caller number three at whatever. If you'd like to put your credit card in, press three. Like, and they were, and you could just hear it. They were obviously on speakerphone and they were doing other things. And I just thought, we can all hear you. Yep. Like, 
Anyway. All right, Nick just texted me that she can go next if she would like to go next. Sure, yeah. up to you guys. Hey, do it. <laughs> First <laughs> to go, but uh, you know, that's how it shakes out. Sorry, Let's fellas. Let's hear it, Madonna. Well, um, you know, look, just like Colleen was saying, Mary Jo, just like you were saying, the walls are thin. There's a <laughs> security and in these times of an international pandemic, when you're living by yourself, you oftentimes make love to oneself. <laughs> so that had been happening for several days. A certain time, certain time of the afternoon, I get a little frisky, and you know, one thing leads to another. <laughs> what? Wait, what thing leads to the other? What? What's the thing? <laughs> Oh, this is you. What's the thing that leads to it? Uh, the time of day. Time of day, you know, the wind hits me right. <laughs> <laughs> the sun is at a certain angle, which is very yeah. attractive. Yeah, the lighting. You're, yeah, the sun hits you. Your Wait, lighting the sun is hits this house at 2 p.m. My God, I defy anyone to <laughs> make love to themselves. So, oh my God. I, just this morning, I... Woke up a little early and I heard my neighbors. Oh, it's 8 p.m. It's just for your own egos. Um. <laughs> oh, is this the, the uh, yeah. it's, it's 7.58 p.m. right now. And I think you're responding to the clap for the first yeah. responders and, and <laughs> they cannot hear you. It's just for Instagram. All right. Do I hold uh, during this? Oh, no, no. No. You can't hear it. So This just, is history, uh, Nicole, in the making. Yep. We're stamping our selves. It's so, actually anyway, the whole thing about masturbating. My neighbor <laughs> downstairs, uh, husband and wife, perfectly, you know, uh, wonderful for them to be enjoying each other's bodies. <laughs> um, I heard them, and that made me a little nervous because... If I can hear them. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm allowed. So, because I really like to let myself know that I'm enjoying myself. <laughs> you know? So, and then I thought, you know what? Everything's a sign. You know, with this pandemic, we can't go outside, so we have to go inside. Like, every, just use everything for your own good. For the positive. So, oh, some... Somebody's got an electric guitar out there. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to hear your band! <laughs> At least it's not the damn Blue Angels wasting $60,000 an hour on PPE. Good point. So, you know, it was that time of day, and I was a little tired. I, I, I kind of just, I normally... Just, I've been getting a little sloppy with the with the with the making love to myself. So I put on something a little more sexy for myself, and then I thought, well, they can hear me in the bed. Normally, I like to just do it in the bed and roll over and watch Bravo like everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> so I took myself out to the garden. Oh no! <laughs> Which is your patio, correct? Yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's, no, 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 it's the back, we have a back, um, 
like a back, uh, I guess it would be sort of like a little back deck. I don't know if you've ever been back there. I don't think it's so. A, it's, I keep it very sheltered and private. Um, and, you know, at first, I didn't want to do it. So I said no to myself. <laughs> but I just wouldn't take no for an answer. <laughs> I just wouldn't take no for an answer. I locked eyes with myself in the mirror. And look, I started hacking away. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and then I realized <laughs> there's an apartment building that's like up in the hills that could totally see what I'm doing. So I just want to say to you all, <laughs> if somebody posts a photo <laughs> oh my God. Oh, or video, it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> Enough! <laughs> you hear that? Well, it just sounds like one person going, Ooh. Oh, that's a guitar. Oh. Yeah. I just heard cheering out my window, which I've never heard before. Great. It's silence down, and that is the end of my sad tale. <laughs> but, Nick. It's amazing. You're a loud masturbator? Yeah. I mean, we, need to, we need to unpack this a little bit. Yeah. So, do you say things like, Oh, a little lower, right there, right there. Like, what are you doing? I'm trying to really communicate with myself. Like, no, not like that. You know how it, you know how it works. So it's just a lot of moaning and groaning. You know, I don't, I don't. I'm not gonna. I'm not trying to third eye it. I just <laughs> feel like, you know, you know, when you're in the throes of passion, you don't know how loud you are, but. I know those people downstairs. God love them because they've never said a damn thing. Oh my god! <laughs> Wait, were they were they still doing it while you were out there hacking away? No, this was uh, during the afternoon. Okay, all right. So, do you have a fantasy? You get what do you got in your spank bank? Wait, say that again. What do you have a fantasy that you that you that you chart out when you're hacking away at yourself, as you said? Your your go to. Oh, oh yeah. Do you have a go to? Is it a new one every time? No, I just try to enjoy my body. <laughs> That's it. There's no there's no like story, no mental nope. play. No nope. nope. Pornhub or anything? That's beautiful. That's beautiful, yeah. Nicole. That's beautiful. Yeah. Self-love, guys. Try it during quarantine. <laughs> Let's well, all you, do you it. You're lucky to have such a good partner. <laughs> oh my god. Thank you. What about toys, Nicole? Um well, sure. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like when I lived in Santa Monica, there was a guy above me, above me, who I could hear having sex all the time, oh. and he was deaf. And and his it was a fourplex, and so one bedrooms, and they're all exactly the same. And so his bed was, I'm sure, exactly over where my bed was in the one bedroom. Like there's there's only one place to put it, so it was like it's right above my head. But, on, and I could hear everything, which means, of course, he could hear everything that's coming yeah. from. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The couple above, across from a, uh, she, she must, she must have been a sex worker. And look, nothing wrong with that. Do what you got to do. No judgment. But um, every single night at two two p.m., I would hear this awkward conversation with her and a dude, and I could tell they didn't really know each other. And then two p.m. What's that? Two p.m. 2 a.m. 2 a.m. After the bars would close. Uh, and then it was like, 
clockwork. She would start going like, and I, and I just one time yelled, it doesn't sound like that. <laughs> I think you may have uncovered some very specific fetish there. Oh yeah, that she catered yeah. to. Oh yeah, I didn't even think of that. See, look, I'm an innocent person. I don't. <laughs> just, just a garden rubber, right? Yeah. The woman upstairs from me, the one who had coke sex, she always had that thing where it sounded like it kind of hurt. You know, where it was like, uh, uh. yeah. Nobody wants to feel like they're hurting someone, and it would go on for so long. Yeah. So it wasn't even like, oh, that's kind of hot. It always just made me think, like, oh, are you hurt? Like it was like. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, uh, uh, like just like you're sort of sick. I don't know. You know what? I have a thing. Well, I have a. I just had an idea. Instead of APM, everyone screaming. Why doesn't APM everybody go inside of their houses and like take care of some business? We get. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Uh, that, that would generate a lot of positive energy. I think. Right. <laughs> yeah. Come on. A lot of, a lot of people don't masturbate. A lot of people don't masturbate. That's yeah. Not- they don't do it. Well, outside California, maybe. But. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Dee, do you want to, speaking of uh, roommates who drove neighbors crazy <laughs> having sex, uh, you want to talk about? Well, I heard my current neighbors conceiving their newborn child, so. <laughs> Nine months later, there was the baby. <laughs> you didn't tell me this. What did it sound like? I mean, you know, they, they do it like once every six months. So it was like, whoa. <laughs> I, think they were ch- I think they were trying because it was like every morning for a couple weeks. And then here comes. <laughs> I'm like, I heard that whole process. Which would, you, which would you rather hear, a crying baby or somebody having sex? Somebody having sex. Somebody having sex. Because you know it's going to be over <laughs> at some point. There <laughs> <laughs> you go. Um, but no, right. Colleen and I, when we first lived together, we lived in a place in Mar Vista, which is like a mile away from Venice Beach. And it was, it was a party house. We were living in a four story townhouse. So like one bedroom on the bottom, stairway up, a bedroom in my bedroom in the main, uh, main hall. And then another bedroom upstairs was Colleen's and then a roof on top of that. And then two units down was our other best friends, my friend Patrick and his three other roommates. So we would just like run across the roof to each other's apartments and party and smoke weed and like go back and drink and smoke weed. So anyway, we wound up having like three epic parties. And the first party, our, we, we met our neighbor. I don't remember her name, but- I never knew her name. Jackie or something, something crazy. None. And she called the police on that party. And so whenever we would be loud or whenever we would have people over, just like the faintest noises, you know, we were 20, we were in our 20s, we were like 21, watching TV or getting drunk like in the middle of the week and she would just be screaming, what are you doing? Shut up, I'm gonna call the police. Like it was just relentless. Like no matter what noise we made, she was screaming at us like at the top of her lungs. So we had another party and it was my 21st birthday party. So I like went over there. I think it was with you or with Brett or somebody, our other roommate. And I was like, it's my 21st birthday. I know, like, you know, we're a little loud, but can you please, you know, just not call the police? <laughs> because it's, you know, it's my 21st birthday and I'm letting you know now that it's going to be loud. So, you know, and she was like, fine. 
So she didn't call the police that night. And that was a great night. But then we wound up having another party. <laughs> the post-apocalyptic underwater. <laughs> we saw the, uh, what's it called? The It was the No Doubt video where they... Uh, oh, hella good. No, uh, yeah, it was hella good. We saw that video and decided to throw a party in that theme. So we had a theme party. Everybody had to dress post-apocalyptic punk. Underwater. And we didn't tell our neighbor at this point that we were having the party. We were just like, fuck it. Because we I think we were planning on moving out anyway soon. Yeah. So we just threw this like epic party. And we're all in like these weird costumes. And so she wound up calling the police like an hour in. And so the police, <laughs> they show up and we're already drunk. And they walk upstairs to the, to the townhouse. And they're like, so what kind of party is this? And we're just like, oh, we're just, you know, we're having a few people over. And they were like, this is a costume party, isn't it? Because everybody's dressed in like gothic, post-apocalyptic. So anyway, we wound up having a confrontation with her at, at, at the front and she was like, I'm gonna throw firecrackers into that apartment. Shut up! So the party hadn't even started. So pretty much by midnight, it was, it was dead. But anyway, the best story was when we had our new roommate, Bridget. <laughs> Somebody moved out and this girl Bridget moved in. And she was having sex with her boyfriend all the time in that bottom apartment. Yeah. So finally, Colleen and I are like having, we're just watching TV in the, in the afternoon and we hear, ah, 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 like just crescendo of moans. Like and porn screaming. Yeah. yeah. And she... <laughs> She lost it. We just heard her screaming, if you don't shut the fuck up right now, I'm calling the police. You two are disgusting. Oh, she doesn't go make love to herself every day. <laughs> exactly. She needed to. But Bridget, she, what did she say? She was like, we're so sorry, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> I think Bridget like, came up in like she was like in some sort of fetish costume like yes she was, you know, a it was like mid sex in costume she came up <laughs> dressed like something to like get water and be like that's crazy right and then walk back down <laughs> like some dominatrix outfit real quick yeah and you're like oh okay Bridget so but then we went and we wound up moving out like a couple months later but she was gonna throw firecrackers into our apartment she said she was getting ready yeah. uh to be fair, like we were a nightmare. Derek we were a nightmare. Very loud, or used to be very loud. <laughs> like if he watched TV, he yelled at the TV. If he watched a music video, he yelled at the video. We played music every night. We had friends over every night. We drank every night, you know, and annoying, like people playing the guitar and singing along. Well, we were like, we were pretty we were nightmares. So if she was in this podcast now, she would probably be telling a different story. Yeah, of the <laughs> nightmare. And the problem was she lived like the there were four sets of four bedroom apartments, and she had this house, and the whole wall of it faced her. So it wasn't just us; it was like everybody. <clears throat> that's like they shouldn't allow people to build apartment buildings next to small houses because ugh. Mm -hmm. But she was crazy. We were we were scared of her. But we were we were nightmares. We were, I was out all the time, West yeah. Hollywood, like six nights a week, coming back after parties, just blasting music. Yeah, and we waited tables, so none of us had normal schedules. Oh, but yeah. that's living in the city is like, like, lady, if you want to be quiet, go to the suburbs. Yeah. I know, and that's I think what we thought, which is every time when someone's noisy here, I'm always like, I live in a city, like. But that's why I think the woman next door, when she said, 
it's a weeknight. It was like she wasn't going to yell at them for having a party. There is there is a protocol, right? Like it's an unspoken, yeah. unwritten protocol. But like you kind of know you can go longer and louder on the weekends than you can during the week. That That's just a, an unwritten rule. But we all yeah. sort of should abide by it. And many times, especially when we're younger, we don't. Yeah. Right. But during a pandemic, they shouldn't be having a party, though. No, just, just right. mm-hmm. not even like have to work. Some people don't. <laughs> yeah. Pandemic no, protocol. We haven't discussed pandemic protocol. They just, there's no parties in, in pandemics. They just shouldn't have a bunch of people over. I mean, that's just for their own Oh, well, yeah, absolutely. No, I, I'm yeah. pretty sure they were not social distancing. No. I'm <laughs> being like, maybe fair it's enough, four of them enough. and they just sound loud. Anyway. Hmm. All right, Alex. What you got? So, spoiler alert, I just want to say at the very beginning, I live through this, and these days I think that counts for something. So, since the pandemic has started, weather permitting, I have gone for a walk nearly every day. And I nod to my next-door neighbor who, even in the before times, would get more Amazon boxes delivered to her than anyone I had ever met. (laughs) And I keep my social distancing and I wear protective gear and I wear masks, but I like to go out in the air and the sunshine to remind myself of my connection to the earth and the sky and the community. Sorry. Um, And it lets me think for like a half hour or 45 minutes that everything is fine, which of course it's not. Um, And I'm reminded that it's not whenever I see any of the neighborhood dogs and I have to apologize to them that I can't pet them right now and probably for the next few months. And this always amuses the dog owners, but I secretly worry that the dogs themselves feel rejected. (laughs) So the other day I was out for um, my walkies as Wallace and Gromit would say, and I duck into my local supermarket a few blocks from my apartment because there was no line and I'd heard rumors that they had toilet paper. And that turned out not to be true, but I bought a loaf of bread because pandemic bread has no carbs. And I bought a (laughs) mini watermelon because watermelons are delicious regardless of whether or not you're in a pandemic. And so I came home and I looked at the collection of Amazon packages in front of my neighbor's door. And then I jumped through all the hoops that we have to go through now whenever you buy anything. So you keep the groceries outside and then you sterilize a counter and then you clean and sterilize all the packages and you wash all the produce with hot water and soap. And then you wash and rewash your hands a million times. And finally, like 45 minutes later, I had put everything away and I felt I deserved a treat. So I washed my hands again. I got out the watermelon that I had just washed. I cut it into chunks and I put it in a newly cleaned and sterilized container. And then I put a few pieces into a bowl that I had sterilized and it was delicious because watermelon. So I was distracted because honestly, these days, who isn't distracted? And I guess I ate too fast or I didn't chew the pieces enough because, you know, it's watermelon. And honestly, even though we're in a pandemic, watermelon chewing is not the furthest thing forward in my mind. So a few minutes later, I start feeling like I've got something stuck in my throat, which isn't good. But at this point, it's just a little bit uncomfortable. So I think, okay, I will sit on the couch for a few minutes and it'll just work itself out, except it doesn't. And I've had the experience of having watermelon stuck in my throat often enough that I've developed a kind of protocol for this. 
which has always worked before. So wait, wait, I have, wait, 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 wait. We have to wait. You you have watermelon stuck in your throat on the regular? Yeah, I've never had, <laughs> I've never had watermelon stuck in my throat. It's watermelon. You you would think that watermelon would be not able to get stuck in your throat, but this has happened to me more than once. Well, wow, basically, okay. it's water. It's just it's slightly called watermelon. <laughs> it, it's water, but there is some, you know, there's some heft there's to some it. There's some density. To it. Absolutely. All right, continue, okay. continue. Got to break so, it down before you swallow. Still there, still in the back <laughs> of your throat. Then what happened? So, um, I have a drink of water, but mm-hmm. blood orange flavored water because I'm not a savage. And... Uh, <laughs> Swallowing when you have watermelon stuck in your throat is a little bit painful, but it generally clears everything out, except this time it doesn't, and the, the blood orange water gets about halfway down my throat, and then my throat just tightens. But still, everything seems like it is under control until it's not. And then my lungs and my throat and my stomach all start contorting myself, trying to force out the watermelon. And suddenly the blood orange flavored water that I have half swallowed comes back up my throat and I spit it out in the sink. But just the water, not the watermelon, which (laughs) is still stuck in my throat. And then my body decides, well, maybe coughing will dislodge this. And I worry that my neighbor who has all the Amazon packages is going to hear me and decide that I have the coronavirus. (laughs) So I actually think to myself, oh, I should just yell out, it's okay, I just swallowed the wrong way, and I think that is a great idea, so I try to do that, but this is the exact moment when I realize I cannot breathe. So I try calling out for my wife, downstairs on a conference call, but literally no sounds come out of my mouth. And between the coughing and the gagging and the gasping for air, I begin to get a tiny bit worried. And I wonder, how long can you go without breathing before (laughs) brain death will set in? And also, how long will it take for an ambulance to get to my place? And I know there's a hospital that's only 2.3 miles away, but still, I mean, I can't call 911 because I can't speak. And I find myself wondering, can I text 911? That seems like a logical (laughs) thing you should be able to do. Um, And as I'm thinking all of this, it occurs to me that this may in fact be the stupidest way in the world to die during a pandemic, (laughs) having watermelon stuck in your throat because I didn't chew it 20 times. Although in fairness, who does that anyway? And I think it must be a commentary on our society that it's a mini watermelon and not even a full-sized one because nothing fucking means anything anymore. And then I start feeling guilty about going to the ER because hospitals really have enough to deal with these days without my foolishness, even though, just to be clear, this hospital visit is just my fantasy because I'm stuck at home, unable to breathe, and 911 won't accept text messages. And then things take a turn for the worse when <laughs> I realize I may actually be seconds away from full-on vomiting, which is not a good thing to do when you're not breathing. 
And then I start wondering if the autopsy is going to even show the watermelon oh or if God. I'll automatically be counted as a corona death because when they interview my neighbor, the one with the Amazon boxes on her porch, surely she'll say, well, I did hear him coughing a lot towards <laughs> the end. And while I'm trying to figure out how to go behind myself to somehow self-Heimlich, I come up with this hypothesis that it must surely have been a watermelon and not an apple that tempted Adam and Eve in the garden. And I scoff because that's just a story and I don't even believe in a literal garden of Eden, but possibly the physical manifestation of scoffing at this ridiculous idea creates a small opening for a little bit of air to reach my lungs. And as I'm gasping through the delicious, deadly watermelon that is still stuck in my throat. And I grab a tissue because although I'm not sure why this is, sometimes the act of blowing my nose will clear away things that are stuck in my throat. And it may have to do with the force or the movement or of air. And I think about it for a moment until I realize I'm not breathing again. So I blow my nose and there are tears coming out of my eyes and I'm coughing, but the nose blowing somehow knocks the watermelon loose and I spit it back up into the sink and I look at it and it is such a tiny, tiny piece of food to have caused so much trouble. And now, of course, I can breathe again, but my throat is so irritated from what I've just gone through that I cough almost constantly for the next hour. And I decide I should yell out, it's just because watermelon is so delicious. But then I worry if I do that, my neighbor is surely going to think I'm insane even more so than she already does. So circling back to where we started, I'm fine. And these days, that's saying something. And that's something to celebrate. And although I'm opposed to the storytelling cliche of summing up what you learned in the last paragraph, there is a clear takeaway from my experience, which is even in a pandemic, it's important to chew every bite 20 times, even if you think, oh, no, it doesn't matter. It's just watermelon. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Glad you're okay, man. <laughs> yeah, it's like was, it was a little bit frightening. On, yeah, it's like choking on cotton candy. Like, it's not a thing. To it, it's, so, you can, it's so ridiculous. Is there any part of your, like, did you did you think when you were at the moment where you thought like oh god I could could go? Did anything flash into your brain about like, your life, or you wish it would have went to Great Adventure or something? <laughs> your bucket no. list. Yeah. <laughs> no, I found I just I just was struck by how stupid that it would be to die that way. I will say I've been I cough all the time like I have nasal drips and stuff like that and it is a weird thing every time I cough I think do my neighbors think she's sick and like something's wrong oh like, what's happening now like oh mean, yeah like the, like the few days before everybody sort of went on lockdown when we were all sort of like okay maybe this is worse than we thought it was this isn't the flu blah 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 Anytime I was in a conference room or in a room with anybody, if anybody coughed, you'd see everybody's head turned towards the copper. And uh, people were already, so I'm sure at this point now, you walk down the street, if you cough near somebody, they might run. Yeah. And, and I have allergies too. And it's been, it's been a pretty bad allergy season. So every time I sneeze or cough, 
I, I feel like I, I need a little sign I can hold up that says, it's just allergies. It's just allergies, Do you guys feel like you have more of a relationship with your neighbors, though, now because of Corona? Like, we've been walking around our neighborhood more because you can't go anywhere else. So there's all these people now that we see because we've been out and about and everyone, that's what everybody's doing. Yeah. Is well, I, yeah. And for me, I mean, this house that we live in now, um, this is the, I've lived in LA a very long time and this is really the first time I've ever really had relationships with my neighbors who are like, that I have friendships that I, we have dinner with them, went to a Seder at their house. Like, Oh, that's nice. Uh, it's the very first time living in LA that I actually know a, a large majority of the people that live in the surrounding area. Not large majority. That's an exaggeration. But I know, like, I can walk down the street and be like, oh, hi. And they'll, they, I know their name. They know my name. Like, whatever. Hi, Joellen. Or, you know, hi, Danny. Or whatever. And, and I know these people. And it's such, it's so lovely because I've lived here so long and ha- not had that experience. And it's always felt, I mean, LA is sort of has a loneliness at its center anyway, because it's just so vast and spread out. Um, but it, it's so lovely to be like, oh, and that's where so-and-so lives and this is their house. But it's so nice. I, I've been going on these uh, like urban hikes because Echo Park used to be a trolley only city. And there's mm-hmm. these, you know, there's stairs all over and some of the homes you can't even get to by car. And so... I've been hiking around and then I saw on next door Echo Park that somebody said, you know, there's a lot of lemon trees around. And so, you know, feel free to pick, pick some lemons. And I, uh, I've been doing like a, a, a juice cleanse. And so I thought, wouldn't it be great to have a local fast? Uh, <laughs> so I got my gardening hoe and my broom handle and I taped gardening hoe to the broom handle and I set out like the early settlers go get some lemons for my local fast and uh so I get to the tree and I'm again I'm hacking the lemons down you know and Hmm. all I hear is hey don't pick lemons off my tree (laughs) I was like he's like my father planted that tree 40 years ago and I was like oh my god I'm so sorry (laughs) I saw Pose, and he was like, I didn't post that. And then we became friends, and I apologized, and he, he gave me five lemons. And I made <laughs> his lovely neighbor named Arturo. <laughs> I have been wow. uh, baking and cooking a lot in the pandemic, and I've been sharing it. Like you, Alex, I will I will uh, sterilize a container, and I'll put gloves on, and then I'll portion out a piece of whatever I've just cooked, baked, or stewed, and I'll wrap it up and then I put a mask on and I go next door and I ring the doorbell with my elbow and then I stand on the sidewalk. I leave the package on the porch and I stand on the sidewalk and, and it's bizarre, but it's great. And then they're doing the same thing. And we're like, we'll say, Oh my God, I just got an Instacart window. Do you need anything? Text, text. And they'll be like, yeah, bread and milk. And I'll add that. And then they just, they went to Costco and they left toilet paper on our porch. It's just been amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. It's incredible. But that's not my story. Should I tell my story? Tell your story. <laughs> I think maybe. Um, well, I'm going to tell my second story because my first story, Colleen, you basically told, well, you started to tell my story or sort of tell my story. The, the neighbors that, that no longer live here on, on the south side of us, um, they uh, we, we did call Child Protective Services on them. But um, that won't be the story I tell because you sort of <laughs> told the story. Um, but... Uh, Okay, so I'll tell this story, and I, um, when I was, so I grew up in community, lots of families living under one roof, but um, 
for a period of time when I was in, when I was 11 years old, and I was a little older than that by then, I was probably 13 years old. Um, I was living in Ojai and in a community and living in the east end of Ojai, which is, uh, it's not this way anymore, but um, because Ojai has, be- has really um, sort of taken off and become chic and, and Hollywood has, has gone out there and made second homes for themselves there. And so there's been a lot of construction. So ha- houses have gotten closer together. But at the time that I lived out in the east end of Ojai, people were pretty spread out. Um, there was a lot of space and um, dirt between homes. And my, the house that we lived in was in the literal middle of a huge avocado grove because at one point the, the, the house and the avocado grove had been the same property, but the house had been parceled off and sold and the, um, the farmers kept the land for the avocado and the citrus and we had the house. Um, and we were homeschooled and, um, and there weren't a lot of us at the time. There were like, you know, maybe 10 kids, but they're all, we're all ranging in age. So there's nobody that is the same age as me. So I, I don't really have a lot of friends. Um, I have my siblings and I have these other um, kids that I live with, but um, it's not the same. And I, um, one of the things that has always been the hardest for me if somebody says, well, you know, being homeschooled, do you wish that you'd been in public school? Do you think you would have had a better education? I don't know what, whether or not I would have had a better education one way or another, but I have always I, I had a really hard time not having that social, uh, having a lot of people around me. And I'm a very social person and I, and I like people. Um, so I didn't, and because we were living in the East End of Ojai, I didn't have close neighbors. So there wasn't a lot of people, like I couldn't just go out on the sidewalk and ride my bike and there'd be other kids around. It just wasn't like that. It was a fair distance from one house to the next. So, um, I decided that, um, I wanted to meet the people that live, the the kids my age that live closer to me. And that really the only way I could do that is if I somehow got myself organically into their environment. So I decided that I would walk to the high school in time to catch the school bus back to my neighborhood so that I could scope out who the kids were that lived closest to me and try to get to know them. It it was about like a four and a half miles, four and a half miles from my house to the high school. So I would do a combination of walking and hitchhiking and walking and hitchhiking at the time. At this point, I'm probably, I'm I'm 13 or 14 at this point. And the people picking you up, did you know them at all or are they just people passing through? Wow. You mean when I was hitchhiking? Yes. No, I mean, we, no, I didn't know them, and I and and yes, I know it's dangerous. But at, at the time, I was a badass thirteen-year-old, and I was like, I'm gonna get some fucking friends. I don't give a shit what it costs me. Yeah. It costs me my life. Yeah. Um. So I used to walk every day, and when I say that we were homeschooled, we weren't really homeschooled. We just had a lot of um, irresponsible single parents who um, just sort of put their kids under one roof and said, "This is school. Life is school. <laughs> um, look up at the sky. That's astrology." Um, <laughs> <laughs> which is still not an education. No. <laughs> um, so anyway, I started walking to the high school and I would get on the school bus and I would ride the school bus back to my neighborhood and I would check out who was on the bus and I would try to imagine like, who are these people and can I be their friends? And there was this one guy who always wore like a gray, uh, sweatshirt, hoodie, zip up hoodie. And he had, I didn't know what this was at the time, but the best way to describe him now is he kind of was the human equivalent of one of those blow up things in front of a tire yeah. store. 
You know, like he just was like tall and thin and all arms and legs. And he would air drum in the bus. So he had a Walkman and he would air drum and I couldn't tell what he was listening to, but he was like so wild with his air drumming. And I was like, I kind of want to know who that guy is. Um, and then there was this other girl who was kind of, kind of new wavy and had a cross hanging from her ear. Like I had a cross hanging from my ear. I was like, all right, we've got that in common. And, um, she had an accent. I couldn't quite figure out what it was. And she was always with this, um, really adorable, um, Chinese girl. And they would get off at the same stop and walk up this hill together. And these are people I'd just never seen before. And, um, but I was really scared. Like I thought, well, I'm kind of, uh, first of all, I'm, the, I'm not a student. So I'm, I'm on this bus. And what does that mean? Like, am I breaking some kind of law? I don't, I didn't really know it, but I, there was really paranoid. Like, could I get in trouble? What would they do? Would they kick me off the bus? What could possibly happen? But then also the idea of like, why hasn't anybody noticed that I'm not supposed to be on this bus? What kind of a driver is this? And I would sit there and think like, this is terrible. Like I get on this bus every single day and he has no idea. But then of course he would just think maybe I'm a new student, whatever. Um, but I was really nervous about like, how do you strike up a conversation? Um, I love that you hitchhiked there, but you were nervous about having a conversation. But I had no, I mean, I, I hadn't had friends for so long and we lived there for two years. I really didn't know anybody, um, other than the, the kids that lived in the house and none of us were the same age. So it was like, you're either the kids you don't want to, the, the younger kids who drive you crazy or the older kids who don't want anything to do with you because you're younger and they, I drive them crazy. So I just, all I wanted was, I wanted to have friends so badly but then when put into the, into the position to actually start these conversations, I honestly didn't know how to do it. Plus, I'm on a bus and everybody's sitting and facing forward and it was really weird. Um, <laughs> so I rode that bus without talking to anybody for a few weeks. And then I was like, All right, I'm just going to I'm just going to I'm just going to like introduce myself. And uh, so I did, I introduced myself to the, I, the girl with the accent and the cross earring and um, her name is Sorica and she's Irish. And I was just texting with her today. Um, we're still friends. Yeah. And, um, and she, I asked her where she lived and she said, oh, we live up here. Where do you live? And I told her and she asked who my teachers were. And I was like, well, I don't go to the high school. And she was like, I don't understand. And I said, well, <laughs> I don't have any friends. And so I would walk into the town and take a school bus because I really hoped that I would meet some people. And she turns around to like the five or six other people that are still on the bus and goes, listen to this. This girl doesn't even go to our high school. She just rides the bus because she has no friends. And there was like this beat. Oh, man. There was this beat. And then everybody started laughing, including me. Like, it was such a ridiculous thing to say, <laughs> and it was the truth. And all of those people on the bus that day became some of the best friends I've ever had in my entire life. The guy that was, is the living air thing, <laughs> John Jaregi, and his father, I learned later, was the optometrist, ophthalmologist in town who had, like, worked on my mom's eyes. Which, when you're 13, it's like, oh, my God, your dad touched my mom's eyes. That's crazy. <laughs> um, and he was a drummer and um, lived, like, a quarter of a mile from my house, half a mile from my house. And um, Sarka, Sarah, Sarka, and her sister was the Chinese girl. She was adopted. Her name was Katrina. And um, this other girl that lived on, the, uh, that was on the bus, her name was Bonnie. And she and I are still friends too. Like 
all of these people became the foundation for the next decade of my life in terms of like the music I listened to and the clothes I wore and the things that I did after school, which for them was a real thing and for me was not, but that I would go and meet them after I would continue like to go down to the, the school and hang out with them. And they became my entire world and they became my entire family. And so, and they were all my neighbors. So like everybody lived within fairly decent walking distance that was at all part of my life outside of the community. And, um, during this pandemic, I've really been trying to reach out to a lot of people that I haven't connected with in a, in a long time. And I've been texting with Sarah, who I hadn't talked to in a little while. And um, I've kind of lost track of John. He kind of was like, went off the grid for a while, literally was living off the grid. And his brother had said, yeah, he doesn't have a phone. He doesn't, you know, he's kind of like <laughs> mountain manning it up there for a while. Um, but I'm trying to track him down because I haven't talked to him in a few years. And he's one of the kindest, sweetest, nicest guys I've ever known in my life. And, um, yeah, those were my neighbors and they became like, we used to get stoned and run through the orchards together. And we saw a ghost once running through the orchards and story for another time. And, um, <laughs> and I have so many stories as, attached to those people because of this story. And that's my story. Yeah. That is so cool. That's beautiful. Mary Jo, you're literally Ali Sheedy in the breakfast club. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely right. Wow. Did, did you say where where exactly this was? This was in Ojai. Oh, in Ojai, right. You did say that. Sorry. Yep. Yep. That's how old were you when you first smoked pot? When I first smoked pot? Oh, well, I was a hippie kid, so like seven. Shit. <laughs> 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 Five. At 13, I was already a super stoner. That's so interesting to live some because where we grew up we didn't really have neighbors with kids there was one neighbor and they had kids and we hung out with them but where we lived we just there weren't a lot of kids in our neighborhood and I was always so jealous of the people who had like friends and kids within walking distance or bike distance yeah and my the first like really good friend I ever made in high school she lived in the same valley that I lived in so she wasn't super walking distance, but when I figured out, when I, we became friends and I went to her house for the first time, I was like, oh, you lived here the whole time? Like, we were so close. We were close to each other and I didn't know. And because she was a friend, not in the like, you just make friends because you all go to the same school. She was like, we had the same interests and we liked the same things. What just Nicole happened? just sneezed. Nicole, <laughs> Are you okay? Are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Colleen, go on. Uh, but it was crazy to be like, oh, you were you were here the whole time. I wish we'd known each other the whole time. Yeah. But it's that happened a lot in my grammar school, too. Like, we just lived in this one town. But, like, as soon as everybody becomes friends, it's like, oh, you live right across the street from me or you live right there. There's something that happened not that long ago. One of the, the, the girl that the, – I had one friend who lived one the closest house to me for a short time in the same house in, in Ohio. Um, she lived up the road from us and um, she and I became friends. And I think we mostly at the beginning, at least became friends because of proximity because she had the same problem that I had. There was nobody around. She was an only child. But we became close friends and would hang out all the time. And then she and her family moved away. So she'd only lived there maybe a couple of years. And about three or four years ago, I was at work and um, this girl walks up to me and I work on a small studio lot in LA. 
And this girl comes up to me and she's got a big giant suitcase. It looks like a, like a, she's a makeup artist. And, um, I thought she was going to say, do you know where stage number is or something like she was, she looked like she was there to work. And she said, are you Mary Jo? And I said, yes. And she said, I, it's me, Stacy. I used to live up the road from you. And I was like, oh my God, this is insane. I can't, like, I had not seen her in a, you know, we were kids when I had last seen her and that she knew who I was. And then as soon as she said her name, I was like, oh my God, I know exactly who you are. And for some reason, it was like, we had this thing of like, oh my God, this is so great to see you. and so great to see you. And where are you going? I'm going to General Hospital. I'm working there. And I'm like, this is so amazing. And I think because I thought, oh, she's working there now, I'll see her again. And so I didn't say, oh, can I have your number or whatever? And then it was just sort of like, she was gone and I went back to work and I've never seen her since. And I'm so bummed that I didn't say to her at the time, like, give me your number. Like, I want to talk to you. What do you remember about like, because your childhood neighbor would, I would imagine, would have like such delicious details that you would have forgotten. You'd be like, oh my God, I forgot so-and-so or whatever. Yeah. Or a completely different lens on the same. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Or later you found out that she died in 1996. Like, who was that on the studio <laughs> lot? <God. laughs> <laughs> oh, neighbors. My childhood neighbor is now a Trump supporter, so. Oh, oh my no. God. Sorry for your loss. But they, they moved to Pennsylvania, so. <laughs> um, Played basketball all the time with him. Thanks, everybody, for telling your stories. Thank yeah. you for having me on. Can we uh, go around the Zoom and uh, tell everybody your social media handles or upcoming projects that you're working on that you want people to have on their radar or other stories that you're doing online? We're all looking for something to do right now. And this podcast goes up on May 1st, which is tomorrow. So Nicole. if you're doing other storytelling online or anything, shout it out now. Nicole, you want to go first? Uh, sure, sure. Um I'm about to start a daily morning meditation. Oh. Are you leading it? Can I join it? I will be, I will be vocalizing uh, the meditation. A little humor. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like we could all use some levity. Uh, I My handle is any of the sites, whatever, Facebook, Instagram. It's just Nicole Payone, N-I-C-O-L, no E. P-A-O-N-E. And uh, this fall, I have my first, uh, I have my directorial debut coming out. Yes, you do. Woohoo! Woo! Uh, Say the name again because I was talking over you. What's it called? It's called Friendsgiving. It was produced by Ben Stiller. It has an incredible cast. I wrote it, I directed it, and I'm very proud of it. And yeah, you are. We have a theatrical release, but who knows uh, what will happen. But uh, I believe it will be everywhere it's worldwide so uh you guys can find it <laughs> congrats can't wait yay uh derek um well you can just find me at derek ringold um i'm doing zoom classes um 30 minute workouts mondays 11 a.m and 3 p.m so check that out nice yeah he's awesome and you can also hire him as a personal trainer uh also he doing has my, yes, I can attest. He's an incredible personal trainer. Waiting for you, Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> Fast. I can't can't work out yet. Oh, got it. I saw you boxing though, so. Well, that's. <laughs> but he's hard. Like, if you guys want somebody, because I can hear him through Jennifer, our sister's uh, bedroom uh, wall. We could hear him, and he's it's like 
hard and good. It's and challenging, but it's fun. Yeah. All right, Alex. Um, I am at Coldfoot Films on Twitter, and I am Alex M. Stein on Facebook. And uh, my wife and I have a show we do called He Said, She Sang. My wife is an award-winning um, composer, lyricist, singer, songwriter, and she sings songs and I tell stories. And we're doing one of those live on both Facebook and YouTube on um, Saturday the 9th in the afternoon. And I also am doing a, I have been co-hosting the Muse Literary Salon, which used to be a real life show and now it's an online show. And we're going to have one of those on Sunday the 17th, which is the week after Mother's Day. Mother's Day is on the 10th. Um, so those two Where things. Where do you find those on YouTube? Uh, yes, on YouTube. Okay, cool. Um, awesome. and, uh, and then my wife and I uh, often do ridiculous Facebook live things like where we have people ask us questions and we only give wrong answers or where people ask us questions and we have our cats answer. Um, <laughs> so we, we do that periodically just because, you know, we're quarantined and. <laughs> I mean, why not? Why not have cats answer things? Yeah. Mary Jo, where does everyone find you? Oh, you can find me on Twitter at Mary Jo LA. You can find me on Instagram at Mary Jo underscore LA, although I'm rarely on there. Uh, <laughs> you can find me on Facebook, Mary Jo Smith. And um, yeah, that's where you can find me. And Colleen? I'm at uh, Colleen Smee on Twitter and Colleen Marie Smee on Instagram. C-O-L-L-E-E-N-S-M-I. Just remember two L's, two A's when you say my name. Uh, Ian Screams does music for the beginning and end of everything so find him on Ian Screams and everything uh, and once we're able to see each other again Chick will be taking photos of everybody uh, T. Chick McClure on uh, T. Chick Photo correct on everything? Yes at T. Chick Photo um, and uh, he takes the photographs for all of the, our guests and he also maintains the website Does he have his own website that has all his new stuff up? Follow yeah. him on Instagram because he's taking incredible pictures of the city pre and post uh, quarantine, but they're really beautiful and they're for sale. So you should see them. Thank you. Yes, it's true. Um, All right. Wash your hands. You filthy animals. Yeah. And everybody be nice to your neighbors because they Look, might go out and clap at eight o'clock. Here you go. Well, <laughs> we, we, we heard it. <laughs> All right. Love okay. everybody. I love it. I love you guys. Thank you so much. Bye. Fun time. Stay safe. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Hashtag safe time. I watch the road for lions and tigers. I'm